We started a few weeks ago on never letting go, and we were in a series on that, and we'll be in the 32nd chapter of Genesis tonight. Jacob says, I will not let you go. He had a piece of God, and he said, I ain't going to let you go. Amen. And so we'll be looking at the 32nd chapter of Genesis and um, there's a lot of prophecy in this. I don't know how much I will bring out. We know that Ishmael is a picture of hostile flesh, not of the promise. Ishmael was uh, rejected uh, because Isaac was the promised seed, the promised child of Abraham. And then you have um, uh, Isaac. He has twins, and you have Jacob and Esau. And Esau is a picture of rejected unbelieving flesh. And so keep that in mind, and we'll look at some things tonight that will help us, and we really want to really pump you up tonight. Some of you look a little deflated. We want to pump you up tonight, encourage you in the name of the Lord. Amen. So we've been preaching on Wednesday night, Don't Let Go, uh, preaching on Sunday night, Israel, the land that God loves, and we'll still be in that this coming Sunday night. And then Sunday morning, we're going to the book of Matthew, and we've been having a great time in that chapter 12. Don't know how far we'll get into that this coming Sunday morning, but I'm, I enjoy the good Word of God. How many of you enjoy the good Word of God? Tonight, I feel like a Bible thumper, so I'm going to thump on the Bible a little bit and thump on you with the Word of God, amen, and we'll enjoy the blessings of the Lord. Let's all stand, find your way to Genesis. It's the first book in your Bible. Chapter 32, we're going to begin reading. I think I told them at the high technology folks in the, in the sound room that we were starting at 24, but I'm going to back up to verse 22 of Genesis 32. And Jacob rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford of Jabbok. Now, someone said, well, why did he say 11 sons? Because Benjamin had not been born yet. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. In other words, he sent, Jacob sent everything that belonged to him over the Jabbok brook. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he is Christ, pre-incarnated Christ, the angel of the Lord. When he saw that he could not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, ouch, as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power over God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, 
I pray thee thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. In other words, the angel would not tell him his name, would not tell Jacob his name. And Jacob called the name of the place Penel, for I have seen God face to face. Actually, he was liar, liar, lake on fire. But anyway, his pants on fire, liar, liar. He did not see God face to face, but he felt like he did. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And he passed over Penuel. The sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. In other words, he walked away limping. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew of the shank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. I want to use for a subject there in verse 26, I will not let thee go. You may be seated. By way of introduction, Israel receives her name before Moses ever existed. Israel received her name before the law was given. Israel received her name from God Almighty. I just thought I'd throw that in with all the controversy in the land right now concerning Israel. It is God that named Jacob Israel. And for out of the 12 tribes of Jacob came Israel. It is God who blessed Israel. And it is God who keeps Israel today. It is God who brings Israel into accountability here in Jacob's life. See the surrounding of the scriptures that we just read. Esau was a booger man. He was mean. Esau was a killer. Esau rejected his birthright, even though being the firstborn, and the only reason Esau was the firstborn is Jacob grabbed Esau uh, by the heel and, uh, and he couldn't keep him from getting out of mama. And Jacob was holding on to the heel of, of uh, Esau, and so Esau was the firstborn. But, Jacob was connected. He held to the heel of the baby. Can you imagine having twins and one of them hanging onto the leg of the other one? Yeah. Now, I've been in the birthing room and I've never seen anything like that. So Esau sells his birthright for a bowl of chili. Now, I like chili, I like beans. But I'm not going to sell what God has given me for a bowl of chili or beans. And of course, Esau was an exaggerator. He said, what good is my birthright if I die of hunger? Well, he wasn't going to die of hunger. He was just hungry. And I guess there wasn't a McDonald's nearby for him to run to. Jacob was a cook. He was a kind of a... Uh, culinary guy. He loved to cook. Jacob was, in my point of view, kind of sissy. 
Jacob loved to cook. Well, he said, I didn't make him sissy. Well, he, he did some things that he shouldn't have done along the way. Jacob was a mischievous, lying, very disrupting human being. But who wouldn't been if you had a brother like, like Esau? I mean, Esau probably drove him to a lot of the stuff he was going through. And so Jacob goes over to his um, uncle's territory, Laban, and there he runs from Esau because Jacob steals the birthright, and Jacob runs. And the last thing Jacob heard Esau say is, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. As soon as dad dies, I'm going to kill him. That's what Esau said concerning Jacob. Well, mama said, Jacob, you better get out of here. So he went over to Laman's uncle's house, and there he found two women. I'm not going to tell you what he went through to get two women, but I'm telling you right now, you go through a lot just to get one. Amen. All you men sawed up like a, like a, like a toad frog in a hailstorm just now. And so... Jacob spends 14 years, actually a little more than 14 years over in Laban territory. And God tells Jacob, I want you to go back to your homeland. I want you to take your wives, two wives, two women servants, all your children, 11 of them. I want you to take everything you own and I want you to go back into your homeland. I don't want you to leave anything behind. Take the grandchildren of Laban, take all your children, go across Jabbok, and go back to where you were born, the homeland. And so Jacob gathers up everything he has, and God says, I'll take care of you. Don't worry. I'll, I've got this covered. And so Jacob begins to make his way back to his homeland. We've seen that in our day with Israel, making the way back to the homeland. And Jacob is very nervous. And Jacob, as he makes his departure and begins to get closer and closer to where Esau was, Jacob sent presents to Esau, his brother. And he told, told Esau, his brother, he called him my Lord, my master. He, he, he really, really put the butter on thick. He told Esau, I'm, I'm wealthy. The Lord has blessed me. I've been over in our Uncle Laban's land. I'm coming back. And I just want to know how you and I stand because the last thing he heard is I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. And so Jacob makes his way back. He sends presents that way, gifts, so that Esau would see. And when he sent some of the presents over to Esau as he got closer to his, his homeland, Esau got the gifts. Those that took the gifts came back and told Jacob, yeah, Esau's over there. He's coming to meet you. He's got 400 men coming with him. 
And I believe at that moment, Jacob's Adam's apple fell all the way down into his shoes. It terrified him. And so Jacob, being the strong, courageous man he was, he sends waves of gifts forward to Esau. And then he takes half of his family and puts them in one rank or one group. And he takes the other half of his family and puts them on the second group. He sends the first group ahead after all the cattle and all the gifts he sends to Esau. He sends the first one and he says this, well, if they kill you, then we'll know the other group's going to make it because we can run. And Jacob stayed behind. He's hiding. He's staying behind. I mean, what a husband. What a dad. What a man. And so he sends waves of gifts to Esau. And I want you to understand that we live in a day where we think everything can be fixed if we just send enough money. If we can just give enough gifts, we can solve the world's problems. And Jacob sent wave after wave of gifts. Notice in verse 13 of chapter 32, sending waves of gifts to Esau, verse 13, and he lodged there that same night and took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau, his brother. 200 she-goats, that's a pretty good herd of goats. And 20 he-goats, 200 ewes, that's baby lambs, and 20 rams, 30 milch camels. You say, what's a milch? Well, just spell it out. That's a milk camel. 30 milk camels. Who in the world would want to drink camel milk? But anyway, or smoke camel cigarettes. But anyway, 30 milch camels with their coats, 49, 49 or 40 kine, and 10 bulls, 20 she-asses, and 10 foals. He delivered them into the hand of his servants, every drove by themselves, and said unto his servants, pass over before me, and put a space between drove and drove. So he sent waves a presence to Esau. Waves. We'll tie that together in just a little bit. He sent waves ahead to Esau because he didn't know what Esau would do. He just space them out, send wave after wave after wave of blessing. Show Esau that I'm rich, that I was well favored in our Uncle Laban's land, and tell him I'm coming across over Jabbok Brook. And I'm coming with my family, my two wives, and their two women servants, and my 11 children. And we're coming over, and I'm going to bring you all these gifts. They're yours. See, he's trying to fix everything because the last thing he heard, he was in deep water with Esau. Now, we can tie this together real quickly, and I don't want to labor too much on this because of time's sake, but we can put this together. When Israel went back into the land, 
They sent waves of gifts to their neighboring nations. They contributed many things to the neighboring countries, sending wave after wave after wave after wave. And you see that? That didn't get them very far. It did get Jacob into favor with Esau, but I'm convinced that Esau's heart would, would, had already been touched by God, and Esau didn't need a gift at all. I think God had it covered, period. But it was fear that was driving Jacob to send wave after wave after wave of merchandise and material substance because he was afraid that Esau would kill him. Nation after nation, America included, drop a plane on the runway of Iran and give them a several billion dollars in cash. We'll fix the problem. They still chant death to America. See, they, they hate America. They despise our nation. They want us dead, but they love our money. true. They love our money. But what's going to happen when we no longer have these gifts to give? And I'm not here to get political, but I want to say that there's some interesting things about Jacob and Esau and Jacob wrestling with God. And I want to point out those things tonight that will help you understand. Jacob sent wave after wave of blessings to Esau. After Jacob sends everything across, verse 24, Jacob was left alone all by himself. He doesn't have a dime in his pocket. He doesn't have a servant by his side. He's all alone. And one day Israel will be all alone. And Jacob is all alone. And there in the night, he wrestled with a man. We know that by what Jacob said later on, this man was the angel of the Lord, a pre-incarnate Christ. And he wrestled with the angel of the Lord to the breaking of day. It was a, a, all night long. He wrestled with this heavenly creature. All night long, he wrestled with this ambassador from heaven. All night long, he wrestled. And when he, speaking of God, saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. God touched the thigh of Jacob. The angel of the Lord touched him. They're wrestling. It gets way into the morning. It's all about to break day, and the Bible says that this angelic, angel, this, I believe Christ, before he came to earth, was there wrestling with Jacob. And when Jacob would not let go, he seen he could not prevail. And so he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh. Actually, he broke his hip. He went in and broke his bone with a touch. Jacob's looking at this. If he can touch and break my bones, then he can touch and bless my soul. 
This is not an ordinary creature that I'm wrestling with. This is a powerful angel of the Lord. And so Jacob continues to wrestle. The thigh is located between the hip and the pelvis. The pelvis is one of the most painful breakages you'll have. There's only one bone that's more painful when you break it, and it is the femur bone. The femur bone connects to the hip socket, and there in the hip socket, obviously this angel of the Lord touched Jacob and broke the hip area, the pelvis of his bone, and made him out, put it out of joint. But that didn't stop Jacob. He kept wrestling. He kept hanging on. He said, I won't let you go until you bless me. He held on. He wouldn't let go. And I want you to know because Jacob would not let go. It says in verse 26, let me go. The angel said, the day breaks. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Let me say something tonight. The blessing wasn't his healing. And the blessing wasn't God touching his hip and making it out of joint. The blessing was he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. That was the blessing. And so Jacob wrestles with the Lord, and there wrestles with the Lord, and he won't let go. And he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. I won't let you go until you bless me. I want to say tonight that sometimes we find ourselves hurt, limping in our heart. Sometimes we find ourselves limping in our mind. Sometimes we find ourselves, especially in old age, halting in our walk. Sometimes we find ourselves touched, and it seems like everything's hard, and it's hard on, at work, and it's hard trying to make a living. It's hard trying to get along, and it's hard making it through this life because you're limping. You're limping. But join with Jacob and say, I will not let go. I hurt, but I will not let go. My heart's troubled, but I will not let go. My mind is is burning with confusion, but I will not let go. I can't understand why God has allowed me to be touched with this infirmity, but I will not let go. The fever rises, but I will not let go. The trouble comes bombarding, but I will not let go. I will not let go as a child. I will not let go as a growing up. I will not let go as an adult, and I will not let go as a senior citizen I will not let go and Jacob says I won't let go until you bless me limp in my heart a limp in my mind a limp in my past a limp in my preaching but you know I need this limp to keep me going I need this limp because I need Jesus as my crutch. Now, there's smart aleks that say, well, you know, you're just using religion as a crutch. You better believe it. 
You think I'm crazy? Amen? Had my femur bone broke, and let me tell you what, a cane is worth a million dollars. I've been beat up and, and, and bones broken all over my body. To lean on something is priceless. And to be able to lean on Jesus Christ is priceless. To be able to look to God in the time of adversity is priceless. To be able to trust God when you walk with a limp is priceless. When you walk with a limp, you, you love God. And you may be walking tonight with a limp, but that doesn't make you a second-rate Christian because you walk with a limp. It doesn't make you a second. It doesn't make you any inferior to anyone else. If you have a limp, you have a limp. Just don't let go. Don't let go. You may limp in your life, but don't let go. And Jacob just kept wrestling. And Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. Now, I may go into heaven limping, but I'm going there. And the moment I get into heaven, there'll be no more limping going on. Hello. That night, Jacob wrestled with the Lord. He didn't have anything. He wrestled with the Lord. He was struggling. That night he was having a hard time. It was night, and he was, he was troubled. And there in that darkness, something grabbed him. Something laid hold of him in that darkness in the night, and it was the angel of the Lord. It was a heavenly messenger and grabbed him, and they began to wrestle and wrestle and wrestle. And while they wrestled and wrestled and wrestled, it's starting to get daylight. And the angel of the Lord says, let me go. And Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. See, we live in a day that we need to learn the beautiful lesson of never letting go. Josh sings a song here, no, no, never let go. And we need to never let go of what God has given us. This is a day in which we need the strength of the Lord in our life. And Jacob says, I may limp. Jacob says, I hurt. My femur hurts. My pelvis hurts. My bones hurt. But I just keep on wrestling with the Lord. I hurt in my back. I hurt in my legs. I hurt in my life. I hurt in my mind. I hurt in my heart. But I won't let go. I'll wrestle this thing all the way into glory. I will not let go except the Lord bless me. Wow. I love that, don't you? I love it, I love it, I love it. And so Jacob wrestled with the Lord until almost daylight and the Lord touched him. And when the Lord touched his thigh, the hollow of his thigh, he was crippled. And I want you to know I can handle trouble. I can handle pain. I can handle criticism. I can handle depression. I can handle adversity. I can handle confusion. I can handle the, the quagmire of, of this world's opposition, but I cannot handle life without God Almighty. Amen. 
I cannot make it through without my Jesus Christ. And Jacob was saying, I hurt, but I've got a hold of God and I'm going to let him go. I hurt, but I've got a hold of the angel of the Lord and I'm not going to let him go. You know what's beautiful? The angel of the Lord says, Jacob, and of course he already knew his name, but he said, Jacob, what's your name? And when Jacob said, my name is Jacob, Jacob means deceiver, cunning one, trickery. That's what it means when he said, my name's Jacob. How many know some folks when you hear their name, it's not a good report in your head? And Jacob, when you hear his name, it wasn't a good report. And Jacob said, Jacob said, well, my name's Jacob. And the angel of the Lord said, no more. Never again. Your name is Israel. You're a prince with God. You're in favor with God. The blessing of Abraham is yours. The promised land is yours. The blessing is yours. You're Israel from now on. What a blessing. What a blessing. By the way, when Jacob died, you know what he did as he was dying? The scripture says he leaned on his staff. Why? Because Jacob was still limping. He limped the rest of his life. And as he leaned on his staff to bless the, his children, that staff man, he was still limping. And some things God will allow in your life that won't go away. Because it's a test. It's a test. The test is, will you serve him when you're at rock bottom? The test is, will you honor him when everything's going wrong? The test is, when you're hurt in your hip, you hurt in your life, you limp in life, you limp around, and others look at you like, what's wrong with that person? I have to tell you, there's nothing wrong with that person that has a limp that's a Christian. There's nothing wrong with that person that has a limp or has something in their life as a Christian. That's not the problem. There's nothing wrong with that Christian. What's wrong is the Christian that would find fault with another who limps. Isn't that good? And so Jacob said, I'm going to let you go. And the angel of the Lord says, what's your name? He says, Jacob. Well, that didn't sound too good. And so the angel of the Lord, I believe Jesus, pre-incarnate said, your name will be Israel. Did you know Jesus changed names of his disciples too? Did you hear me? He just, you know, it's, he just keeping the tra tradition going. Jacob would not let go even when he hurt. And then Jacob asked the angel, the angelic angel, the angel of the Lord. Jacob asked the angel, well, what's your name? And the angel in so many words says, you're going to have to figure that out on your own. I'm not telling you. You know why the angel of the Lord, who I believe is Jesus before he was born in Bethlehem to the Virgin Mary, I, you know why Jesus Christ said to Jacob, I'm not going to give you my name? Because Israel needed to learn who God was. And Israel needed to learn who, their true, who her true Messiah was because it was a test. 
And Jacob says, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, the, the angel says to Jacob, I'm not going to tell you my name. You're going to have to figure that out. It begins at the burning bush. I am that I am. Concludes in the streets of Jerusalem when he says to the Pharisees, unbelieving that he was the Messiah before Abraham was, I am. And so he came to preserve, came to forgive, came as Messiah. His name is Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of David, the Messiah. And Israel failed the test. And Israel has limped all these millenniums. Israel has limped these millenniums. But I can say one thing about Israel. Even though they don't know Jesus Christ and even though they rejected Jesus Christ, they refuse to let go of the God of creation. No matter how mixed up they are, they need to be saved, they need to be born again. But no matter how mixed up the Jewish people are today, they have still held on to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, and they haven't recognized who the true Messiah was. And when Jesus Christ came, they rejected the Messiah. God calls at a church, and you and I are born again through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're redeemed by the Holy Ghost, and God is moving in our life. Israel's been called back to the land of Israel, the land of Judea. Israel's been called back home, and, and Jesus Christ is going to come again. And all these decades, and all these centuries, and all these millenniums, Israel has limped and limped and limped and limped until one day Jesus Christ will split that eastern sky as lightning shines from the east to the west. He'll come back with his church, coming on a white stallion, bringing righteousness and holiness unto the earth, and he'll come storming the gates of hell, come storming the Antichrist, the beast and the false prophet, and he'll descend on the Mount of Olives. And he'll say in so many words, I'm back. And Israel will look up and see the friend of nails, his pierced side. And Israel will turn to the true Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, it's all in the plan of Jacob. It's all in the plan. That's the reason the angel of the Lord would not tell Jacob his name. Because that's a test. They have to figure this out. They haven't figured it out. But one day they shall. Isn't that good? One day they shall. And while Israel sends gifts and sends blessings, they're not going to appreciate it. Now Esau was a different thing because God touched Esau, but Esau's a picture of unbelieving flesh and Ishmael's a picture of hating and, and, and opposition and uh, the Ishmaelites, the Hamas and the ISIS and the, uh, the Islamic, flat, uh, radical is, is, Islamism and all these things like Ishmael and then Esau, unbelieving flesh, but I want you to know, send your gifts all you want. It's not gonna mount to a, a, a drop of water in the sea 
media. Send your money all you want. But those people over there on the other land across the ocean hate us. And they hate Israel. And they hate God. And they hate Jesus Christ. They hate the message of Christ. They hate us. And they hate Jesus. Oh, they say nice things about him, but trust me. Trust me. You can say nice things about people, but in your dark recess of your heart, you're thinking, I wish they were dead. Amen. That's, and so Israel, Jacob, is, his name has changed to Israel. And, and Israel has sent presents. They've, sent, they've done everything they know to do. They have limped all these years. They have, they have halted in their walk. They're back home now. And I want you to know today that Jesus Christ, the reason he didn't reveal himself to Jacob was because this has to be a revelation from the heart, not a revelation in Jacob's fear. And Jacob's actions were an action of fear. But God wants us to move in a way of love for Jesus Christ. Don't let go. I don't know what your limp is today. And maybe you've wrestled with God. Maybe you, maybe you have depression and you wrestle with God. Maybe you have unbelief and doubt in your heart from time to time and you wrestle with God. Sometimes you don't want to be in church. You wrestle with God. Sometimes you, 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 you're just down and you're gloomy and you wrestle with God. But that doesn't make you a bad Christian. It makes you a real Christian. Though you're struggling and though you're limping, it doesn't change a thing. Jesus Christ has touched you, and you need to learn to honor him even when you hurt, even when you're in the storm, even when you're in the trial, even when your femur bone is broken, even when your hip is out of joint, even when your mind is fried and your heart is shattered and your dreams are crumbling. You need to learn to hang on to God's word and hang on to God's spirit and say, no, no, I will not let go unless you bless me. And so the angel says, okay, here's how I'm going to bless you. I'm not going to remove the pain out of your hip. I'm not going to remove the being out of socket in your pelvis bone. I'm not going to remove the pain. I'm not going to remove the limp. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to give you the promise of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm going to give you the promise. And that promise is I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That promise is 
that God is your helper, helper and he is on our side. That promise to Jacob was, you have the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and, and of course then Jacob. And God names Jacob Israel. It's all going to change. Everything's going to change. You're going to the promised land. Everything's going to change. God's going to defend your city and defend your Jerusalem. It's all going to change. I'm going to be with you. I gave you a name and I engrave that in the center of the earth in the nation of Israel. I've given you a name and I want you to know we are as children of God spiritual Israel. We as children of God are spiritual uh, uh, descendants of Abraham. That doesn't mean we took the place of, the, of Israel. That doesn't mean the church is replaced the Jewish people. No, sir. No, 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 no. But it does mean that God has called out a people in between the limping of Israel all these decades and centuries and, and, and millenniums in between all of Israel's struggles. God has called him out of church. You and I are part of it. And one day the church will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And we have a heavenly city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. And it's not Jerusalem, the holy city in Israel. It is a new city adorned for the bride of Christ. And Jerusalem will always be the descendants of Abraham's. Isn't that good? Say, oh, I got you. I got you. Preacher, I got you. Doesn't it say Abraham in Hebrews 11? That Abraham went out and he, and he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Yeah, it says that. But that just means we're connected with Abraham. It also says that the foundations of Jerusalem, this new city Jerusalem coming down, the foundations will have uh, the names of the apostles. And the gates of pearl, 12 of them, will have the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. The foundation is the apostles, the church, the calling way. The home of the church will be the new Jerusalem. But the 12 tribes of Israel will come in and out in commerce in the centuries to come, in the millenniums to come. But their holy city will stay intact. The holy city of Jerusalem. I hope, you've learned, I hope you've learned some things. I hope you got stirred. Yeah. Now some of you are going to limp out of here, but that's okay. It's okay. Some of you limp in here, and you're going to limp out of here. And some of you are going to come back Sunday morning limping again. And some of you are going to come back Sunday night limping again. Limp, 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 limp. You're going to limp again. But that doesn't change the fact that God has blessed you with the blessing of Abraham and that God loves you. And we don't have to prove that we're a great Christian because we're without flaws or without sickness or disease. We don't have to prove that we're a great Christian because we are perfect, because Jesus Christ has nothing for us to prove. I have nothing to prove. I'm a child of God. 
I have nothing to prove. Now, I live for God, I serve God, honor God, but I have nothing to prove. Well, you proved to me. I'm not going to do it. Why do I need to prove to you anything? Shoot, you're going to get to heaven the same way I'm going if you make it. I don't have to do anything to prove you anything. I just want you to understand that I'm going to heaven because the promise of Jesus Christ. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. So I am not going to let go. And I spend a whole life saying, I won't let go till you bless me. I won't let go till you bless me. And the Lord says, the Lord doesn't say, I wish you'd quit saying that. The Lord loves to bless you. So it's not a one blessing. It's blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. So every time I turn around, I find myself wounded or hurting. I just say, God, I'm going to let go of you until you bless me. And the Lord doesn't say, again? No, the Lord says, awesome. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. That's our God. Amen? Stand with me. Josh going to come and bring a song. We're glad you came tonight. I hope, you have, I hope I've encouraged you. I hope you've been encouraged. See, when, when, when the angel of the Lord, when, when the angel of the Lord touched Jacob, blessed him, he touched him while they were wrestling, he was hurt. And when he blessed him, he didn't bless him with a healing, he blessed him with a promise. He said, your name is now going to be Israel because I've got your back. I love you, and I'll take care of you. Sure, we don't want to walk with a lamp, but Jacob walked with a lamp until the day he died. And I'm convinced that some of us will walk with a lamp until the day we die. You say, well, but that's not that faith message. Yes, it is. It takes more faith to keep limping on and serving God than it does to have your bushel basket full of $100 bills and say, whoopee, I'm a great Christian. No. No, you stingy old goat. You'd give me some of them $100 bills if you had it. But you won't. Amen? I had a guy tell me the other day. Well, I say the other day. It's been probably a year ago or better. He said, I'm praying the Lord will let me win the lottery. I think the lottery was four million at that time. That's not about the Missouri lottery. He said, I'm praying the Lord let me win the lottery. He said, would you pray for me to win the lottery? And I said, uh, no, I won't. He said, well, why not? If I win the lottery, I'll give you half of it. And I said to him, you won't pay a dollar on 10 bucks you got, let alone give me half of whatever if you win it. He went out of there phew, fast as he could, limping. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, what would you do if someone said, I want a billion dollars and want to give you some money, Pastor? I said, give it here. Devil's had it long enough. Come on, play it on me. Nothing wrong with money. It's the heart of the receptacle if something's wrong. Amen. We're so blessed. God is so, so good to us. Have you been limping? Have you been limping this week? 
Don't worry about it. Just don't let go. Never let go. Josh, go ahead. Never let go. Because God has given you a promise. 